1: Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK Systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, March 30th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's, well, it's my voice, isn't it? I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and there is no special guest per se today, but plenty of special content, including a kid who crushed the combine, but did he prove it at his pro day? That is the question surrounding the performance of Florida man, Anthony Richardson. What did we expect to see? What did we need to see? And did we see it? One more question, actually. Did NFL scouts see enough to break up the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud stranglehold at the top of the draft? And let's talk about that draft. The 2023 NFL draft presented by Verizon. That starts Thursday, April 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NFL Network and NFL+. Plus. Definitely go to both of those platforms and NFL.com for all of your pre-draft coverage, including pro days like today's Florida Pro Day, mock drafts, and prospect profile pages. Today, all eyes on Anthony Richardson. Is he a project or is he a pro? And did he show us something today that suggests he's a hell of a lot closer to being a week one starter than maybe we realized? that is coming up so is this start the clock we will pick up where we left off yesterday in our countdown to the draft we are going team by team based on their order of finish in the 2022 season we started with the champs the kids from kc and we have worked ourselves down the pecking order to this day and this team and that team is the ever surprising some might say stunning Seattle Seahawks touchdown Seahawks. What were they in 2022? What will they be in 2023? What's the perfect draft plan for this team who are the keepers of two first round picks, by the way, don't forget that. And who do the 12s say is their favorite ever Seahawks player? Is there still love for dangerous in the air? Is kid Skittle beast mode himself? Is that the guy? Maybe it's a legend of yesteryear, or could it be the reinvented, better than ever, Geno Smith? Well, we'll find out when we throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of Fans. Cue the music. Cue the music. (laughs) Personally, I find it very hard not to like the Seahawks. Amazing fan base, a beautiful, albeit cloudy, part of the country. They have a head coach who is the oldest head coach in the NFL. Oh, no! And yet, this is a man with the irrepressible enthusiasm of an eight-year-old on his first trip to Disney World.
3: Yes! Ah!
2: Our examination and celebration of the Seahawks on the way, but first, this. Anthony Richardson, he of the 99 athleticism score on his NFL.com prospect profile page. That's what you get when you combine a combine 4.4340 and a 40 and a half inch vert. Now, where do the experts see him going? Well, most mock drafts project Richardson as the third quarterback off the board. Obviously, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, in some order, go first and second. Richardson. On most mock drafts, the third quarterback off the board as early as number three to the Colts, who would have to trade up with the Cardinals to get that number three pick or to the Colts in their current position of four. So most people see Anthony Richardson as a top five pick. Only one of our NFL.com experts see him falling in the first round. That's Bucky Brooks, who projects Richardson to the Seahawks at 20. Now, NFL media insider Tom Pelissero out at the Florida Pro Day today reported that Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson met Wednesday night with the Panthers and also had dinner with the Raiders. Well, Tom then took the mic for total access fieldside at the Florida Pro Day. Here's what he saw from Richardson out there today.
4: Anthony Richardson threw about 45 passes during his Pro Day throwing session on Thursday here in Gainesville. He closed it out with a deep shot, then a back handspring as he ran down the field with teammates, once again putting that rare athletic ability on display. Several head coaches were on hand, including the Panthers' Frank Reich and the Seahawks' Pete Carroll, who both have been attending all the quarterback pro days as they ponder what to do with their top five picks. They also were general managers on hand from the Titans and the Raiders. The Raiders took Richardson out to dinner on Wednesday night. They're also bringing him in for a visit next week.
2: Thank you, Tommy. Tommy P. then sat down with our number 89, Steve Smith Sr., and invited the man of the moment, Anthony Richardson, to join them and assess the his own performance what is Anthony Richardson's take on Anthony Richardson today and what's his take on this entire process Anthony
5: Richardson the floor and the mic and the spotlight are yours
4: Anthony it looked like you were having fun out there how'd you feel about your pro day
5: I definitely have fun you know whenever there's a football in my hands always fun for me so I just had to showcase that and who I am as a person out there so it was definitely fun
6: man Anthony you had an opportunity to just show everybody what you could do it seemed effortless uh, to throw the football. Man, take us through this process, what it's been like uh, since you drugged my University of Utah Utes through the mud, and since then you've just been uh, ascending ever since. You
5: no, know, I've just been working. You know, uh, at times I was very inconsistent throughout the season. You no, know, so I was just trying to put that behind me. You know, trying to stay consistent because I know inconsistency is not going to work at the next level. Mm. So I just been grinding at that, just trying to you know perfect my craft and, and perfect who I am as a person. And coming out here showcase what I'm able to do. You know, I'm a natural thrower. You know, so just being out there launching the ball and just tossing around with my brothers. You know, that's just what we, we know what we normally do.
6: Well, you brought it up inconsistency. What what do you what do you believe led to the inconsistency or or or? What was it about the inconsistency that didn't sit well with you?
5: You know, living up to other people's expectations. Mm. You know, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, because I want to be great, you know, I want to be the best in the world. So um, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'll never be perfect, but, you know, I try to work to, towards perfection. And if I'm not working towards that, you know, I get in my head a little bit, or, or I used to, but then I started to realize I, c- I can't control everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can only focus on my job and focus on what I'm able to do. You know, so just working on that and putting that behind me, that's letting me become a better player.
4: Tell me about some of those throws you're making off platform, off balance, like some of the warm up throws in particular, but even some of those deep shots where you're throwing the ball across your body, off your back foot. How do you work on that aspect of your game and how do you kind of hone in your mechanics to make sure you're throwing them effectively?
5: Uh, honestly, the off platform stuff, I don't really even work that. You know, um, I, I do it sometimes during training and my trainers are like, whoa, do that again? What was that? And I'm like, <laughs> That, that feels normal. Like, I am I used to do that in the backyard with my friends, is spinning around, tossing the ball up in the air. So just trying to implement that a little bit in my pro day and just showcase my arm talent. You know, that, that was the main focus.
6: What has this process been like for you uh, to speak to all these teams, go to the combine, then have all of this media uh, coverage of you? How has that process been, and what is it – like, what is it inside of you? What are you really saying? Because outside, man, you calm and collective. Right. But you got – that little boy inside of you got to be like, man, this is pretty awesome.
5: Honestly, it's a blessing. You know, uh, I don't really care about the media and stuff. You know, I'm just happy for my brothers, you know. Uh, they get the media you know, outlets as well. You know, people come and see me, but they're also seeing them because they're the ones catching the ball for me, running the rocks for me. You know, so I don't really care much about the media. But going through this process has definitely been a blessing for me. You know, as a little boy, like you said, you know, wanting to go to the NFL and having an opportunity to sit here with you guys and, you know, and to realize and know that I'm close to that moment, you know, it, it definitely does put a brick smile on my face.
6: So you know you're going to get drafted, right? Florida, Florida guy. I know you got a fire suit picked out. You, have you started that process yet? Oh, see, look, I'm a,
5: I'm a suit guy, so I probably got like three or four suits already. Oh. I love wearing suits, so I'm going to definitely showcase all of them.
6: Okay, Florida style or a little bit toned down?
5: Uh, A little bit of... Classic, you know, um, a fitted suit, nice-looking suit, nothing too major.
6: Okay. No greens or orange?
5: Nah. I, w- I was thinking that, but that might be later on during the year.
6: Okay. He's right.
4: a smart man. Get the get the versatility. Start there, then you build up to the stuff Steve yeah, yeah, was wearing yeah, yeah. by the end of his career. <laughs> last thing for you. You had, you had dinner last night with the Raiders. How was that process with them, and did you break it to them that you might not be there at number seven?
5: Oh, see – I'm not that confident, you know, um, I'm just thankful for the opportunity, you know, Lord knows what's going to happen April 27th, you know, I'm just, I'm just ready to get there and just live in, live in the moment, but the dinner was great, you know, talking to the guys and get to know them and them getting to know me as a person, as a player, you know, and just trying to figure out the expectations in case they were to draft me, you know, what they expect from me as a rookie and what they're going to expect from me in the building, you know, so just trying to get familiarized with that stuff and just live on.
4: Four weeks away, man. Four weeks from today. Yeah. Best best of luck to you. Thanks yes, a lot sir. for the time.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. I don't know about you. I really like that late night DJ voice that Richardson has. And if you watched today, and I hope you did, if you didn't, definitely go check out NFL.com for some highlights that are in video on NFL.com. You gotta love the graceful ease of his movement on the field. He kind of, he kind of looks like he's moving in slow motion, and then you realize he's really not. Um, and certainly, there's nothing slow motion about that arm. He really does have a pretty big arm. And of course, you got to dig the backflips. This kid loves the backflips. Uh, that was showcased again today. Check out NFL.com if you want to see visual proof of that. But of course, Anthony Richardson has been labeled a project immense, innate athleticism. And yet, questions about his accuracy, questions about his Sunday readiness, his NFL readiness. Is he ready to lead an NFL team? Well, it leads us to the obvious question. How much of a project is this guy? For that, let's kick it over to the TA set.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
1: Welcome into Total Access, everybody. I'm Dick Costa Ruiz, Mike Yam, Brian Baldinger, and Adam Rank, all at the table. How much of a project is Anthony Richardson?
7: Well, here's the question that you're asking. Mm. The question is, does his crazy good athletic ability mm-hmm. and measurables make up for lack of experience? Sure. That's that's really what you the conversation is because if you look at the two best rookie quarterbacks in the league last year, you know Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh started 49 games, mm-hmm. the University of Pittsburgh. You look at Brock Purdy, he started 47 games at Iowa State. They had experience yeah. uh, working with different personnel and coaches, the whole thing. Like, that's what's missing. And so how quickly can you bridge that to the NFL? Like, I think somebody can take them in the top 10, but you better have all these things, Adam, in place. Yeah. You better have a really good veteran quarterback. You better have a staff that knows how to work with quarterbacks. You better be able to build an offense around his skill set. So I think if you do all those things, you give him a chance. But to throw him in there and let's see what he can do, and like, I, I, he's not ready for that yet. Hmm. Uh,
2: 13 career starts, by the way, for Anthony Richardson yeah. in his three years at Florida. So you're right, there's going to be at least a little bit of a learning curve, which has us thinking, hey, where could he potentially go in the NFL draft? Well, there's a lot of mock drafts that are on NFL.com right now, and I can envision Bucky Brooks going, you know right. what? Be a leader, not a follower, because everyone (laughs) else has Anthony Richardson going at least in the top four, except for Bucky, who I think has a lot of the questions that you just raised, Baldy, about the experience and how ready he is to produce right now. He's got him going 20th to the
4: Seattle Seahawks. So I ask you, is he worthy of a top 10 selection? As the top 10 is constructed right now, I would say no. Anthony Richardson does not look like a day one starter to me. And it's kind of what you were talking about. He's going to have to go to a situation where he's going to learn for a little bit. He's going to be a quarterback who will eventually start in his second, maybe third year. But he's not going to come in right now. And when you have a top ten draft pick, I say that you use that on an impact player who can come in and start right now. And I look at some of these situations. I've seen quarterbacks like this who don't have a lot of experience go in the top ten and then... It does not work out because yes. of the lack of experience. Mm-hmm. There, are, there have been plenty of guys who've had the measurables. Mm-hmm. He looks like a quarterback. He's a Madden create a quarterback type player. But you have to be able to have the reps and to go out there to exceed in this league.
1: I mean, but there are people who think he is a top-ten guy. Ballsy, if it, you're it, looking they, at him, what, what would make you feel, you know what, he is worthy of a fourth overall pick, for example, where Cynthia Freeland has him in her mock draft. Well,
7: it's risk and reward. And so there's two ways to build a team. You go get yourself Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, you'll get Lamar Jackson, you build your team around him. Or you sit there and go, he's not worthy of the 4th pick in the draft. Let's take what Adam just said. Let's take the 4th pick. Let's make this team better around the quarterback, whoever that whether it's Gardner Minshew, somebody later in this draft, next year's draft. Let's get the team as good as we possibly can build it up talent-wise around the quarterback, and when we're ready to get the quarterback that we feel can lead us, yeah. the way Peyton Manning did, Andrew Luck did for a long time in Indianapolis, we're going to be much better.
2: The future is bright for Anthony Richardson. Of that, there can be no doubt. But is that a near future kind of thing or a distant future kind of thing? Only time can answer that one. Personally, I can't wait for that answer. And before we get off of this subject, I'd be remiss to let this subject go without pointing out that on that Florida Pro Day field today was a young man who is projected by many to be a mid-first round O-line pick. Richardson's fellow Florida Gator Osiris Torrance. Great name, great ability. Look him up. Look up his profile page on NFL.com. He is projected by a few of our experts to go 16th to my commanders. I have seen him as high as 13. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish
0: spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall.
3: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one on one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked
5: it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that.
7: like that, see that?
3: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was
7: in a culture shock. Then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
0: what I, know? I told you? I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think I need it? Ain't
3: it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the Everyday Guy. dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
2: To the Jets. Is that Aaron Rodgers? Jets? Well, as you know, that is a matter of time, too. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast, and it is time to restart the clock. Let me, let me reach for that. Okay, we're on. Let the countdown to the draft continue. Our road trip today, considering where we left off yesterday in South Beach with the Dolphins, rather long. Better have a good set list and plenty of snacks because we are off to the northwest corner of the NFL map, Seattle, Washington, for an examination and, yes, a celebration of the Seahawks.
0: Are you kidding
2: me? Forget about it! In a moment, we will invite Seahawks fans to sound off as they do so often and so loudly on their favorite players, their best moments, their best memories maybe, maybe a heartbreak story or two. And of course, we want to know what they hope to get in the draft and what they expect to see from their Hawks this season. But first, what does history say about this team? Well, the first thing it says is that they're young, certainly relative to the NFL OGs, 48 seasons old with an origin story that began in the bicentennial year of 1976. Their overall record, 383 wins, 358 losses, one tie. That is a 5-17 winning percentage, 15th best in NFL history, Middle of the pack, yes, but three Super Bowl appearances and one Super Bowl win. That one, of course, being Super Bowl 48, a game in which they beat the Peyton Manning led Broncos at MetLife Stadium in New York. It was supposed to be the first cold weather Super Bowl in a long time, and in truth, it was a very mild. Beautiful day. I was there, and that score was unexpected by so many. Final score, Seahawks 43, Broncos 8. Of course, don't forget our dear friend and colleague and podcast regular Michael Robinson, the real Mike Robb, was on that Seahawks team, a team that was defined by an efficient quarterback by the name of Russell Wilson, a stout running game led by Marshawn Lynch, and a suffocating and strong-arm defense nicknamed Quite appropriately, the Legion of Boom. The names on that legion? How about Bobby Wagner, Cliff Avril, Michael Bennett, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, KJ Wright, and Cam Chancellor? That is nothing short of a wow lineup of unbreakable talent if there ever was one. I think most Seahawks opponents are glad that band broke up the Seahawks all-time playoff record 17 and 19 their winningest coach who else Pete Carroll the guy who is still in charge 128 wins 81 losses one tie the Seahawks have five retired jerseys hanging number 45 Kenny Easley number 71 Walter Jones number 80 Steve Largent I remember him well when Steve Largent played he was being targeted by Jim Zorn, for a long time, as many of you may remember. And there was something about that Superdome field. It seemed like the field was bigger, and it always seemed like Steve Largent was streaking wide open. Number 96, Cortez Kennedy, also has his retired jersey. And of course, don't forget, the jersey that the team may be most proud of, the jersey number this team may be most proud of. 12, as in the 12s, the fans. The 12s as loud as they are proud to rock the Seahawks colors. Those colors being, incidentally, listen to this, College Navy, did you know it was called that? College Navy, Wolf Gray, and Action Green. And of course, they do their best work in the 68,704 seat, never an empty seat, Lumen Field. 13 players and coaches in the Hall of Fame. Notable guys are named, you know, Warren Moon, Tom Flores, Steve Largent, as we mentioned before, Cortez Kennedy and Walter Jones, both name-checked before. Okay, so that's what the Seahawks have been. Well, what are they now? Why don't we start with the most recent data? A 2022 campaign defined by surprise, right? Has to be. I didn't expect that season from the Seahawks that finished 9-8. and eight. They were second in the NFC West. They got themselves that final seventh seed in the NFC playoff picture. And they had a pretty stirring performance, at least through a half, in that wildcard playoff game against their hated division rivals, San Francisco
7: 49ers. And now going down the sidelines, Debo Samuel, he's gone. Touchdown, Niners. And that might be the dagger for the Seahawks.
2: Kenneth Walker III made a name for himself running the ball.
7: Touchdown, Seahawks! Ken Walker, you can't knock this kid off his feet.
2: And Tariq Woolen made a name for himself stopping it.
3: And Woolen reaches up and he makes another.
2: But the story of the season for this team had to be the emergence, the re-emergence, the comeback player of the year, an award he won, not because he was injured, no. He came back from the hinterlands of doubt and irrelevance, Geno Smith.
3: Geno has some time, he's going to wear back and throw a deep for the end zone, got a man out there, reaching out, making the catch, touchdown!
2: Geno Smith was the most accurate quarterback in pro football last season, and it wasn't even close.
3: And and I mean perfect throw from Gino Smith.
2: But in the end, players' stories were better than team stats for this 2022 incarnation of the Seattle Seahawks. Their defense ranked 26th overall, not great. 25th ranked in scoring defense. They were 30th against the rush. But they weren't top 10 in creating turnovers, and certainly that is a stat to build on. On the other side of the ball, they were the ninth-ranked scoring offense in the NFL. Top 10, very good. They were tied for 11th in passing. And they were seventh in yards per play, which I find absolutely perfect because this was every bit the team that made the most of every opportunity they got. They were 18th in rushing. They were 28th in the red zone. And a focus on that on draft day, don't be surprised to see it. As for their team needs as we head into the draft, well, our friends at PFF, Pro Football Focus, say they need help at the edge rushing position, on the O-line, at cornerback, and yes, at wide receiver too. Well, they have a little draft capital with which to work. Ten total draft picks, two in the first round. Very, very important. Thank you, Denver, for that Russell Wilson trade. Two in the second round, one in the third, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, one in the sixth, and one in the seventh. This is a team that can alter the future or at least the immediate future of their franchise in one draft, that draft being this one with draft capital like that. What have they done in free agency? Well, you could probably call it addition by subtraction because out, Center Austin Blythe, Gabe Jackson, Shelby Harris, Cody Barton, Quentin Jefferson, gone, Rashad Penny, gone, Travis Homer, out, Al Woods, LJ Collier, Jonathan Abram, and Marquise Goodwin, all names that left the building. But they did bring in four very important names during free agency to the team. Defensive tackle Draymond Jones from Denver. Linebacker Devin Bush from Pittsburgh, safety Julian Love that Giants fans were very sorry to see go, and of course, the pride of the Seahawks, Bobby Wagner signed again back on the team. Bobby Wagner, don't forget, quietly put together yet another All-Pro season. He was second-team All-Pro last year in L.A. And now, with that context as pretext, let us throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of
3: Fame.
2: Seahawks fans only, please, please. A little bit of order, 12s only. Thank you. Welcome. Nice hat. Please, come on in. Fans like Dennis Padua and Mark Velasco. Now, Dennis is an illustrator and a graphic designer here at NFL Media. And Mark is an animator. Where do these two Seahawks fans sit? Directly across from each other. That's right. These fellow 12s share more than their fandom. They share an office space. We will start with Mark Velasco, who says he's a Seahawks fan because Jerry Rice was his favorite player growing up. So when Jerry went to Seattle, Mark did too. His favorite ever Seahawk, Russell Wilson. Excuse me, was Russell Wilson. However, the aftermath of Dangerous's departure has tarnished it a little bit for Mark. Probably the same story that a lot of Seahawks fans can tell. So Mark's official answer now, Sean Alexander for Sean Alexander's quiet brand of domination. Mark especially remembers that one season when Alexander led the league in rushing yards and touchdowns, almost 2,000 yards and 27 touchdowns. Best moment for Mark? Winning Super Bowl 48. We simply manhandled the Broncos offense, he says. The great Peyton Manning didn't have an answer. No, no, he did not. Mark says he wouldn't be surprised if his Seahawks draft Jalen Carter. He reminds us that the Seahawks normally take chances on players with off-field issues. Plus, we need some help in the pass rush, big time. Big time is in shouty caps, all caps. Shouty caps is what my wife Gracie calls it. Finally, Mark wouldn't be surprised if a resurgent Hawks defense leads them to an NFC West division title. Because, as he points out, we had quite a few W's that turned into L's last season because of poor Defense. And fans like Mark's cube mate, Dennis Padua, who grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. Now, the Seahawks, of course, the closest team to root for if you live in Anchorage, Alaska. Dennis admits to being a low key Niners fan during the Montana Rice era, but the fact is that it's the same for a lot of us, Dennis. Don't feel badly about that. But he became an official Seahawks fan when the Legion lowered the boom. His favorite ever Seahawks player for Dennis, it has to be Marshawn Lynch. He actually wrote in a middle name for Marshawn Lynch. It's Marshawn blank Lynch. Let's just say it's enthusiastic, but if I say it out loud, I'll lose my job. Now, why Marshawn? Dennis says he just loved his energy on and off the field and reminds us that Marshawn gave a lot back to his community. Never let ego get in the way of his path that he was an all-around positive guy with insane power. And then, of course, Dennis adds, also, come on, Beastquake, enough said.
5: Oh, look at this run.
3: What a run. Marshawn Lynch. Still on his feet.
7: Has blockers now. He's dancing his way for the touchdown.
2: As for Dennis's best Seahawks memory, he says it has to be the 2013 season. Notice, listener, that he didn't say just the Super Bowl. He means the whole season. He really treasures that memory of what the Legion of Boom was able to do during that entire run to the Super Bowl. Now, his worst Seahawks memory, full disclosure, I didn't ask for a worst Seahawks memory, or I haven't asked for a worst memory from any of the fans so far, but of course, You know, we carry some of these scars with us, and we have to pull back our sleeves and show them occasionally. For Dennis, his worst memory has to be Super Bowl 49. You know it's coming. The fourth quarter, the one-yard line when they handed it off to Marshawn. Oh, hold on. No, they didn't. Oh, no! For Dennis, he said, it'll be the perfect draft if my Seahawks draft. Jalen Carter, exactly the same thing that Mark said. They're clearly cheating off of each other's papers. He says that Jalen Carter is capable of making the kind of impact on this Seahawks defense that they have needed for years. He also goes on to say, I think very importantly, that the positive culture that Pete Carroll has cultivated in Seattle would be perfect for Jalen Carter as would a returning Bobby Wagner, B-Wags, who Dennis believes would be a perfect mentor for Jalen Carter to keep his mind right, as Dennis describes. He also says, I wouldn't be surprised if my Seahawks draft Anthony Richardson if he is still there at 20. And he finishes by saying that he is confident his Seahawks will be a more solidified team this season than last. Fans like researcher Dante Koplowitz Fleming. There's a great name and a great hyphen it if there ever was one. Dante is a Washington native who bonded with his dad over their shared love for the Seahawks. Dante says with a twinkle that the same fandom may have saved their father son bond and relationship during Dante's compulsory teenage rebellion. I love that. Uh, Dante's favorite ever player? Here it comes, guys. It's a common thread. Marshawn Lynch. Why? Because he's responsible for the most iconic play in Seahawks history.
3: Marshawn Lynch is still Whoa! on his feet.
2: Lynch regularly made incredible plays. Dante reminds us he always stepped up. He was uniquely physical. And no, he wasn't built like Derrick Henry. He didn't necessarily run over people. But Dante says that he can't remember a single solid hit that anyone put on Marshawn in his entire career. That's interesting. I can't either. He also remembers that Lynch broke the ankles, so to speak, of Ray Lewis and wonders, can anyone else say that? Very interesting question. Lynch was responsible for multiple earthquakes, Dante says, and off the field, he is still an icon, effortlessly hilarious, he says, owns his persona, has an authentic brand and immediately elevates any media venture he is included in. He says, parenthetically, Walter Jones is a close second for his favorite player. He remembers that video of Walter Jones pushing around an SUV as his off-season workout. Thought it was one of the coolest things he ever saw when he was a kid. His favorite moment? Not actually the Super Bowl win, but the last play of the NFC championship game that sealed a Super Bowl appearance that season. He was a junior in high school, Dante says, watching the game with his family and Richard Sherman coming through in the clutch in that moment, specifically against the 49ers, was, in his words, wildly satisfying. Dante says it'll be the perfect draft if the Seahawks get a pass rush back. He said adding Draymond Jones in free agency was great, but he would love to see them draft Pitt defensive tackle Kalija Cansey. He says we also need a center. And finally, John Schneider, please draft a real linebacker. Interesting. He puts parenthetically Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Come on down. If Dante is sliding the card across the table, the name Jack Campbell is on that card. In the late rounds, he says they need to address The issue in the running backs room, because, of course, Rashad Penny and Travis Homer are no longer there. He wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks draft their quarterback of the future at number five overall this year, that player, Anthony Richardson. And he says, my Hawks, they have some glaring holes on the offensive line, but they are much closer to being a legitimate contender than Dante could ever have guessed. One year ARW, he writes. What is ARW? You can figure it out after russell wilson and fans like justin young you know those graphics you see on the screens when you watch total access the broadcast the ones up on the big screens and the little screens yeah justin or jy as we call him is responsible for those now jy huge seahawks fan you should see his desk It's. Well, it's grotesque with all the memorabilia, if I'm being honest. JY says his dad claims to have taken him to a sporting goods store when he was 10 years old. And apparently Justin liked the colors. So a Steve Largent jersey and a helmet ended up at the cash register, and a lifetime of devotion began right then and there. His favorite ever Seahawks player, well, for once, it's not Marshawn Lynch. It's Kurt Warner, the OG Kurt Warner, Kurt with a C, Kurt Warner, running back Kurt Warner, former Penn State Nittany Lion running back Kurt Warner. JY says, I loved the way he played. As for the draft, he wants a cornerstone pass rusher. And he'll take a QB project as long as it is not with that first Seahawks pick at five. JY says he wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks won the NFC West. As for his favorite ever Seahawks moment, JY's got two. The first one, this is obvious, Beastquake versus the Saints. Now, the story is hilarious. JY says he was downstairs in his house in the living room, lights off, accompanied only by his dog, Sawyer. J.Y. says his reaction to Beastquake was so instant, so dramatic, and so loud, poor Sawyer was traumatized and was scared of J.Y. forever after. His second best moment as a Seahawks fan was Super Bowl forty-eight, And I saved this story for last, listener, because I think this is one of the great NFL fandom stories that I have ever heard. Because for J.Y., for Justin Young, 2013, not a great year he was going through a ton of changes including a divorce but the one bright spot in his year was the play of his beloved seahawks who of course made that run all the way to super bowl 48 There it was in New York, MetLife Stadium. JY on a whim bought a ticket to New York. He thought to himself, I know a few people in New York. Maybe I'll scrounge myself a ticket. Sure enough, the night before the game, he gets a call from a friend who says, I've got an extra ticket and it is yours. I can't go as long as you don't mind sitting next to my hairdresser. JY said, I wouldn't mind sitting next to Denver's most obnoxious fan as long as I can go. You got it. I'm there. So he was there. He goes to the game and his Hawks win 43 to eight, of course. As for that hairdresser, they didn't just get along. They got together, and they've been together ever since. That's nine years in running, folks, and that is the perfect way to end this. I wanna thank all of today's Seahawks fans for sharing their stories with us. This day belongs to you, oh Mighty 12s. Good luck this season. Stay healthy, stay loud, stay proud, and win. You know, just not against my guys. I want to invite the listener back tomorrow when our countdown to the draft finishes the week in Tampa Bay, Florida. The post-TB12, TB Bucks. What will they be? What do they need? And how can they rebuild and win at the same time? Is it possible? you damn right it is. We'll tell you how tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now.
0: 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
0: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
1: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.